welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? All right, Zach, so we know what cards are the most played cards in Legacy, and Brainstorm's yep. at an all-time low. That's weird, right? And also, I feel like I didn't I didn't get a super good look at that, but also, isn't Force of Will at, a, at an all-time low, too? Force of Will is the only card that's over 50% of the format. Which but it is at an I, all-time low for Force of Will. Yeah, uh, we're looking at the great Pete Vanderham's but, graph here that we'll yeah. share a, a link down below to the, to the Twitter thread discussing it. It is it's, an image that shows all of the most played cards in Legacy over the past year. It's it's fun to look at this because you can look at a time, right? And just see like what, what was going on. And if we look at the, what, 2015, you know what was happening during 2015? Treasure Cruise. That's why those are so high. So this map graphs essentially all of the cards, or not all the cards, but like the premier cards and where they're seeing play from 2011 until through 2024. Yeah. And it's got Bowmasters on the chart scaled to the full year because it hasn't been out for a full year yet. Force of Will is the only card that has a play rate over 50%, played currently at 53.5%. Everything else is below the threshold. Brainstorm, for the first time, has been below 50% since 2021. So the last two years, it's just been... Uh, on this downward trend below 50%. Bowmasters is the most played creature by a wide margin at 40%. Deathrite Shaman was banned in 2018 after it had a threshold just over that. Okay. So around 45%, 44-ish, 45%. Is when Deathrite was banned for reasons of diversity for the format, and Bowmasters is creeping up to that. Yep. But nobody's nobody's calling for it. Nobody wants but, it. Urza Saga is also not on here, but like uh, instead, Ancient Tomb is. Lotus yep. Petal, Ancient Tomb are now above 30% for the first time. Above Dave's? So, yeah, of course. Like, the last three years with all the Commander product and stuff has really subsidized there's a, uh, subsidized Ancient Tomb. And yeah. Ancient Tomb is in discussion as the most powerful card in the format. And we see that here as it's been on a very steady trajectory since 2021. I mean, it's been on an upper trajectory since 2015. But yeah. it got like, way steeper alongside Lotus Petal because if you're doing the stompy stuff, you're doing it alongside Lotus Petal. We are seeing Brainstorm trend down. Days is trending up. And this is where we want to talk about pillars and fillers. Pillars and fillers. Yeah, let's uh, start it off, Phil. So I was at my local the other day. I played a Beanstalk Mirror. I was playing Miracles with Beanstalk. I was playing against the four-color Beanstalk list that won EW. Mm -hmm. And I was discussing with my opponent that these matches come down to whoever has up the beanstalk and then that's it. And we've talked about on the cast before. Yeah. My personal opinion is that in a beanstalk mirror, the only thing that matters is beanstalk and that's it. And then if well, you're at Beanstalk Parody, the next thing that matters is Force of Wills, and whoever has more think, Force of Wills wins. I think it's so, important to, to outline why that is, Phil, because it's not necessarily the case with all cards. Why having the card first is the is the better option. And a perfect example is is it's not always best to have Orcish Bowmaster first, because then your Bowmaster is... Uh, the second player hits the Bowmaster with their Bowmaster, right? But I'm not saying Beanstalk, you need to have Beanstalk first. I'm saying you need to have more Beanstalks than your opponent. Agreed, but I think that the first Beanstalk that hits the board gives that person a much higher advantage in the game. And that's just because, you know, raw card draw, right? Bowmaster doesn't draw you cards. So I think if you end up being the first person to get more resources... I know this sounds super elementary, but fo follow me down this in insane path for a second. Having more resources generally wins you the game and stops your opponent from putting their resources into play. Am I going out on a limb too far for that? No, I, I mean, what you're saying makes sense. I'm saying yeah. getting a little bit more granular, the way that the format is that it's not just Beanstalk. Beanstalk is just the most glaring representation to me of, of, of this paradigm that has shifted for I think all of the decks, like all the premier decks in the format right now. Whatever archetype you're playing, there is a pillar of that sphere of the format 
yeah. that essentially will dictate every game that it's involved in. And the games where you have it versus don't have it are incredibly lopsided one way. So for Bowmaster, I don't think Bowmaster itself is the thing. No. I agree. I think the fact that Bowmaster is just so good in like every facet of every possible play pattern that could ever arise outside of like exactly fast combo that's not drawing cards because it's good against both creatures and drawing cards and it goes wide and it does everything, right? Yeah. So the fact that it does everything gives it the nod as like this freebie thing. It has flash, it does it all. Nobody needs to be lectured on how good Bowmaster is. It's 40% of the meta and it's not going down anytime soon. And in order to beat Bowmaster, you have to play Bowmaster. I think that for Days Wasteland Shell, that's been, that's been a pillar of the format since its inception, that the combination of the threats now with Days Wasteland makes it so that the pillar of the format, Days Wasteland, is so much stronger than previous times when the threats weren't so consistently densely powerful because you don't have just like, oh, if I draw Delver Days Wasteland, that's good. You are effectively mathematically guaranteed to draw Delver on turn one between Delver and DRC. So your Days Wasteland plus threat shells on the draw are just in the percentile of like nine out of 10 games, that's what their, their start is going to be. Imagine you're sitting across from a Delver player and they go volcanic island ponder, and you breathe a sigh of relief. If that's not they generally indicative, do, yeah. If that's not indicative <laughs> of where the format power is now situated, a it probably turns their bowmaster face up. But aside from that, the fact that they didn't put the thing that is like oppressive on the table, which is very very fast clock that beats down plus the days wasteland thing before when people are like, oh, you can play around days. You can just like not play into it, play off curve. But that the effectiveness of that depreciates significantly if the if the hits to the face that you're taking are so much more devastating by comparison to if they played a nimble mongoose. And we've talked about that before, but I'm yeah. saying the combination between DRC, Bowmaster, which is a flame rift at the baseline, and its baseline is a flame rift that they can play around sorcery speed removal, and Merktide Regent makes it so that the hits that you take off these things makes it all the more punishing to the point where you can't really play around that days in a way where it's like you just play around it. You, yeah. you can't do well, that. Well, it's that consistency too, almost guaranteeing a turn one Delver. It's not just that you're guaranteeing a turn one Delver. It's that your follow-up plays are so much more consistent after you date. You know, you basically, if you allow your opponent, like you can take three damage for seven turns and win the game. Like, it can happen. You know, like you've got that amount of time in Legacy. But because the follow-up play is... Yet another one mana uh, three three or whatever, uh, and then the follow up to that is a two mana five five or or larger. That cuts down significantly on the amount of time you have to one to recover from a day's play, but two to play around the days to begin with. I think that's what you're getting at the the way that we view pillars of the format now versus pillars of the format of old with a power with the power level of the format so sh- starkly increased from like a time when we've had those discussions previously, the pillars of the format are so much more important in terms of like how we have to view them. This is also coming off the back of uh, the recent ban announcement where the Watsi guys were like, for Legacy, we are going to take in uh, a lot of community feedback and that's going to influence how we proceed with our bannings. My read was that it's just, if if the community is vocal <laughs> enough, then you can make a ban happen, regardless yeah. of what the numbers might say, right? If you, if now, you can get Grubhub to order enough pizzas, you can get Orcish Bowmaster. Yeah, I've made the, the pizza at the whatever joke plenty of times, but like, I think that there isn't a consensus on what the pillars look like and how we should view the pillars because everybody is sort of, still enjoying this this time of you know renewed legacy of black being the most dominant color the and era of good feelings as i like to call it the power level of like urza saga decks the power level of days decks the power level of beanstalk decks 
Like it all comes down onto you've played eight cash for however many years at this point, right? At least one. At least one. <laughs> the games where you have Urza Saga versus the games where you don't have Urza Saga is so lopsidedly different yeah, in terms of the different. power level of the deck yeah. that it's like, it's just not close, right? If you have a multiple Urza Saga draw, you can just let the deck play itself to get you wins because you're just going to produce 30 power uncounterable around sorcery speed action and then tutor for whatever you need. The, the point that I'm making is that we have to, as a community, reassess how powerful the pillars are and then recalibrate our relationship to those pillars with how we view them in terms of the discussion for is the is this good for the format or not? Looking at these numbers, we, we know that Bowmaster is in all these different kinds of decks, and it's at 41% scaled for the year, right? It hasn't been out for a full year, so it's not like, that, that's not a hard and fast number. That's a number that's been scaled if it was for a full year. If we compare that, Death Rite Shaman was banned right as it hit 45% percent marker, right? Gone for the sake of diversity. Now, Bowmaster is within those numbers, and we it's not even in the discussion. It's not even in the discussion, but... If you listen to any, you listen to this podcast, listen to any other podcast, your, anybody that you've talked with about like things that Bowmaster is doing to, oh, it would be cool to do, to play a bunch of these things, but you can't do that because Bowmaster. Sure. Now, if a bunch of X1s and a bunch of other whatever stuff is getting pushed out because half the field is Bowmaster, and then we're thinking format diversity, we have to, just because you can play Bowmaster and everything doesn't mean that it's good for format diversity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I feel I like I'm not like fully clarifying this point. I think that, for our purposes, when we look at something like Urza Saga, when we look at something like Days plus the powerful threats that are uh, embedded within it, when we look at something like Beanstalk, the games may feel fresh now. And I want us to be clear-eyed that if and when it becomes stale, because it's very clearly that these cards are the oppressors of the format, that we can realistically look at how we should take action against them. Because there's, I, I, it does not seem sustainable to me that you can look at a bunch of cards that are being subsidized by these cards that otherwise would see zero play. And then you see a bunch of cards that are soft banned because these cards exist. So for like Beanstalk, Leyline Binding, Leyline Binding does not exist in the format if Beans is not there, right? Well, it's only there because Beanstalk exists. If you look at Beanstalk decks and Delver Day's Wasteland decks, they're both Orcish Bowmaster Murktide decks. Is it good that two-thirds of the legacy metagame are the same creatures? And then the ones that aren't are just Urza Saga decks? Phil, I wanna uh, I wanna uh, I wanna call out two points. And they're they're in contention with each other to begin with. They're two completely opposite points that I want to bring up. One, we're looking at what, 41%? Scaled for the year, right? Which means that we haven't even had a whole year with this card. We don't know what's around the corner. How long was Deathrite Shaman before? You know, Deathrite Shaman started to see a spike in play. It looks like in 2015. Oh, odd. Right after they banned Treasure Cruise. It also got uh, an additional bump in resurgent when they banned Top because people weren't trying to Terminus as hard. Yeah. Yeah, you're correct. There was a point in time, Phil, and this was in Modern, when people were crying for the banning of Snapcaster Mage which is a laughable idea now, but it was a serious thought at the time. No one even plays that card anymore in Legacy, or I don't even think in Modern anymore. It's just not a card. People, like, this is before they banned uh, Splinter Twin. They were like, another option before taking out Splinter Twin is ban Snapcaster Mage so the deck doesn't have all that utility. And you know what? No one would even play Snapcaster Mage in any of those formats now. I think I'm correct in that statement. Because of that, I don't think within a year, based on Power Creep, that we're going to be playing Orcish Bowmaster to the point that it's being played. I think they're going to keep doing stuff like, you know, here's a shot in the dark. It's Brainstorm, but it exiles cards instead. 
You know, they're going to start making these cards that don't interact properly with it so that you can basically ignore Bowmaster or something like that. And not because of Bowmaster. I just think that weird. What was that thing they said? Infinite design space? I don't believe that. There is a very finite amount of design space that exists. And they just occasionally stumble upon an idea like Seek the Beast that changes how they how they design cards, right? They're like, oh, what we'll do is we'll just make all the red ones exile effects. I think we're early on Bowmaster, but I don't think it's out of the realm possibility that it could be banned, uh, you know, by March. Now, my other point is against Bowmaster, and that point is Bowmaster is a blue fucking red card, dude. It's a blue red card. You're just subsizing your mana base slightly to play a black card that is really either blue or red. It deals with drawing, it deals with it deals damage. It's not a black card. And so for Bowmaster to be the thing that brings black back into the metagame that makes black a playable color is blasphemy as far as I'm concerned. Your thoughts? I think you touched on what I was talking about with the Snapcaster comment where you're saying that nobody would consider playing that now. And that's what I'm talking about, about recalibrating how we look at cards in context. The context of the format as it stands now, if we look at cards that are on the ban list by comparison to the power level of cards now, the way that like our relationship to Deathrite in the confines of what it was when it was around you still cringe when you hear death right I hate it you hate it I hate you it. hate it in the context that it existed not well, can the I context, tell you the that, context that I, that I tru- truly hate it go finish your point but I want to tell you the real context that I hate it in go if we look at something like beanstalk which I think is leagues more powerful than expressive iteration but expressive iteration is gone and we still look and like when we think of expressive iteration we think oh it's mini dig through time it's way too good and I'm looking at beanstalk drawing six to eight cards over the course of the game before you're buried just going oh this is this seems way better than expressive that theoretically can miss you know yeah. they both at a baseline replace themselves but it can miss and requires two colors beanstalk is just shoved into these four color shells now don't get me wrong expressive was in the four color shells too yeah it was like mono green beanstalk let's be honest th- there was a little bit more restriction <laughs> now. <laughs> There's a little bit more restriction because a lot of the context of legacy at a baseline works with Beanstalk. Yeah. Force of Will works at a baseline with Beanstalk and is yeah. the best thing to be doing with it. If you if you want to be the blue-white X control deck with Force of Will, you're already incentivized before we even got here to play the third color. Now, before yeah. we got to Leyline Binding, we were on Prismatic Ending and everybody was like, oh, you could just pay extra to get it over 5 CMC so you can still draw a card. But Prismatic Ending already incentivized you to go into at least a third color because you had to deal with the planeswalkers and shit okay so we were already there so once we realized that like oh in order to keep up with like opposing beanstalk shells we the arms race continued we talked about that before and you go oh i need to be better at this arms race which is all about beanstalk so then leyline binding gets subsidized entirely by the card's existence prismatic ending gets pushed out leyline binding comes in Leyline Binding incentivizes even more colors. We move into the four-color shells. We're there. Beanstalk incentivizes even more of that, so we go into the mid-range versions with Merktide Regent attached to it. And now the best creatures that we can be playing, which are Bowmaster, which just gets gets there on rate because we're incidentally asking for the additional color anyway because of Leyline Binding. And then we just want more things that work with Beanstalk. It just so happens that Merktide is the only other reasonable Delve spell to play. And all of that means that we're going to move away from Uro because we want to play the thicker stuff. But you see how all of these other things that are coming in like the four color deck playing murktide they're not playing murktide just because murktide's a busted card it is but it, they're not doing it just because of that they were on uro they yeah. were not murktide but yeah. then they were like oh beanstalk's the best thing so beanstalk is subsidizing murktide coming into that shell yeah is it better 
to pay like, two and draw a card or to pay three and draw a card and gain three life? And they're like, it's when, better to pay two. When I say like the pillars, though, we can look at Murktide and go, okay, Murktide is in both the expressive it or is expressive is both in the Delver shells and the Beanstalk shells. Yeah. But that's not an indictment necessarily of Murktide. If you look at like what's evolving around it, it's the it's for the Beanstalk side. It's specifically the Beanstalk because yeah. you're only playing Murktide because it triggers Beanstalk, and you're just like, oh, here's a, a here's a very powerful good threat, but it has draw a card tacked on, and it replaces itself. Yeah. And then, and, and then vice versa, if you look at Urza Saga deck with any of the, the additional, like literally every single thing that goes along with the Urza Saga package is being subsidized by the Urza Saga. A bunch of decks that are that exist are being subsidized by a single individual card. When I'm talking about the pillars and then the rest of decks being filler, I'm saying that the, that filler, that, that stuff is only there because there's this baseline individually powerful obscene card that furthers that shell. Now, you could argue that in the Delver side, that that's something that's closer to DRC than it is to, to Days. I think like Days may have its own issue. The way that we have to think about, okay, we, we cringe when we hear Expressive Iteration. We cringe when we hear Deathrite Shaman. But like these cards that exist now are at the same numbers and doing arguably more powerful and more oppressive things. When Deathrite Shaman was around, yeah, it checked Reanimator a little bit. Okay, I, well, I personally think like the degenerate stuff getting checked isn't a negative thing. On on the side of Bowmaster, it's like it's it's tough to run your actual one that doesn't draw your card. Yeah, not not to mention like drawing cards is a part of the game. It's not Hull Breacher where it's cut completely cutting it off, but it just it's it feels so weird. You know, okay, I need to answer this problem. You know, my whole deck is based on like figuring out how to do that by giving me card selection, and a lot of that's card draw. So it's weird. It to me, it's just it's it's a weird card to have to deal with because it forces you to find answers for it, and the way you do that in this game is drawing cards. I um, I, I, I want to just clarify my previous statement real quick. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not saying Eternal Dirtle's calling for bans of these cards yet. No, I, I've I'm, got I, time I, on that. When that time comes, which it inevitably will, the 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 assessment that we need to look at is cards in context and how that would look now because if expressive iteration also existed now in the format maybe there's a little bit of push and pull because expressive iteration doesn't draw cards so do we look at more towards that and and less towards beanstalk beanstalk incentivizes you to play with all these fat thick things expressive iteration doesn't want fat thick things do you do you steer towards beanstalk do you steer towards expressive if you're in delver the the fact that the delver shell has churned through so many cards getting banned that haven't been days it's essentially just gotten to replace those slots with something else with something never, often something better that's what i'm saying in context they, they they've been progressively stronger yeah. but they've never existed at the same time to see which things would necessarily weed out others to actually incentivize any amount of diversity so if Dreadhorde Arcanist and Expressive Iteration and Orcish Bowmaster all existed at the same time. What do you, or and Deathrite Shaman and Treasure or, Cruise. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if, of if, I've seen been seeing people playing a lot of Timeless recently on on Arena and oh. having a blast and being like, it's you know, I look at this and I'm like, this stuff looks degenerate. How, like, there, there's clearly please, like, please leave like, me alone. <laughs> but but looking at it and people going, oh, this is a lot of fun. I'm thinking like, oh, it's yeah, because it's kind of interesting. Like, if Oko and Luris both exist at the same time, like, there's actually a decision on actual legitimate power levels on both ends yeah. to be considered. Now, in my personal opinion, Loris is objectively way better and it's not close. But there, there is something to be said that like not everybody is going to have that same judgment. Yeah. But if the format, like all the other powerful cards are gone and the only thing that's left are the clearly obvious pillars, 
that are in the format now with nothing contending against them, then what you get is something like Grishis Delver both being Bowmaster Murktide decks and Four Color Beanstalk being Bowmaster Murktide decks and then Urza Saga all being the exact same shells with like whatever combo finish, whether it's Painter or Helm. Like, but they're, they're all construct decks first. You know what I'm saying? Like if there's no, if there's no tension to, to combat pillars, then the pillars become solely the only playable things at a competitive yeah. level. And then that leads us to going, oh my God, these cards need to go. They're well, aggressive. They're, they're pushing everything out. But because there's no tension against them. Yeah. Because we keep, you know what I mean? Because the well, other stuff that we're refusing to touch, like days, like whatever, makes it so that we go after these other things and then something new comes in, just fills those slots and we go through the same cycle over and over again. Part of that issue, Phil, is there's no philosophy for what this format is as far as bands are concerned. That, Zach, oh, I'm so happy that you, 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 cle- you just made it so much clearer than I, I was trying to articulate. That was what, I'm, what I <laughs> so mean when the legacy guys... I down when you mentioned uh, Deathrite Shaman because when a little before Deathrite Shaman was banned in Modern, I had a two-part series article about it called It's Banned in Modern. And it was about the philosophy of banning things in modern and why they do it. And there was a philosophy. And let me tell you, Phil, what the do you remember what the philosophy for why things get banned in modern is, or what the philosophy of modern is? Period. I think the only one that anybody remembers is turn four kill philosophy. No turn three kills. No old format boogeyman. And this is why I don't like Deathrite Shaman because I hate unbanning Deathrite Shaman to me. I'm like, just we've fucking seen it already. Let, let's let's not do it again. It's the same reason why like Golgari Grave Troll. Like why did they unban Golgari Grave Troll? We don't need Dredge in that format. And this is this is specifically talking about modern here. And then the other one is format diversity. The best that we have for Legacy, and just just to give you like kind of an idea about what, what that meant for Modern, they didn't unban a lot of cards from fairies like Bitter Blossom for a very long time, which was like, Sure, whatever, I guess. It took them it took them a long time to ban dominant decks like Splinter Twin and Birthing Pod. And whether or not you feel like those should have been banned or not, it took them longer than it needed to because they didn't break any of these rules. The only reason that they did get banned was because of format diversity. So if we take what we know from that, what we can extrapolate from how Wizards thinks about design and banning at all, like, you know, we can at least pull something from that information, right? And translate it over to Legacy. What we know is that there are there are degenerate cards that need a place to live. We we have gotten that definitively. We don't know what those cards are, but we do know that degenerate cards need a place to live and format diversity. That's kind of all we know as far as like what the philosophy with with legacy is. Aside from you know, if you bitch about it enough, we'll change it. I would I would push back on that because I think I, I would argue that right now we have more clarity on what Watsi thinks about legacy in terms of the ban list than any time ever which is point I mean, that's blank. just the nature of time i think when they said point blank we list we, we take in community feedback for legacy yeah. more than other formats i think that means that we have way more agency than we think yeah so like no, when, I'll, when, I'll when, we're, when we're saying we're trying to get into watchy's heads i think that like we can just tell them what's in our heads and if anything right now i'm advocating for stuff to come off because i right now think that the 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 pillars of the format, because they have no resistance against them, mean that they are objectively the best thing to be doing without any other consideration. And I think that, like, if you just stack up right now, imagine expressive iteration exists in the format. You're lining it up against up the beanstalk, and you're telling me that one is more powerful than the other to the point where one has to be on the ban list and the other's not? I'm like, telling you both is, of them deserve to be crazy. on the ban list. If yeah. both existed, 
yeah. in the format at the same time, there's at least some amount of decision that decision players that can disagree make. about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then that is going to incentivize diversity while the power level remains at, at the high level that it would need to be to be competitive. Well, you know I, what I'm saying? Like, I think it's better if it, it, either it all goes or it all exists. I think, I there's, think there's, a there's a lot of range. Phil, there's a lot of meat on this bone. And, and it's something, you know, we've got the we've got the unbanned episode coming up. So we're going to go over all this stuff in depth. So I don't want to go too deep but i don't think that there's much of a choice if both those cards are unbanned if you unban expressive iteration you're playing blue red delver and if you want to play beanstalk then you're playing the the deck as it stands now it doesn't change anything it just means that you're probably not splashing green for uh seek the beast and and this is and and this is where i hard disagree if you're like yeah okay expressive iteration so you just play blue red okay so then suddenly bowmaster's percent goes down but if some percentage of the field is still going to play beanstalk don't you want to be playing bowmaster does that mean that bowmaster is seeing is seeing like a maximum amount of play in grixis decks honestly i think it's seeing them think that it's seeing much more play overall in non in non blue decks and 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 I'll go with shadow too, but like non blue red decks. It's played as a four of in scam. It's played as a four of in Grixis Delver. It's played as a four of in four oh, color yeah, yeah, beans. No, I'm saying overall, like, like the overall percentage of the meta for those decks is, is lower than than we think. We just see Bowmaster all the time and assume that it's coming from the most oppressive deck, but I really don't think that's the case. Bowmaster scaled at forty percent. What are we talking about? No, Bowmaster exists at forty percent. I hard agree with that. I'm saying. Bowmaster in Brainstorm decks is not as big a number as you think it is. I'm saying it's a much bigger number. You know, some percentage of that 40% is non-Brainstorm decks. And I think that that's where the card is is getting so much. Like, if it wasn't able to be played in those other decks as just like a value card, it would not be at 40%. It's the the fact that that it has crossover appeal to all of those other decks is is why it's up there. Which, again, look, that's why they banned Sensei's Divining Top because... Since it's dividing top, if it only fit into blue decks, would have never gotten banned because it wouldn't. Well, it was played in two decks. It, it was played. It was played. In, it was played in three decks. It was played in Miracle Storm and Painter. Correct. And, right. But those yeah, are but all it, decks that like aren't otherwise they're moving parts. The only thing they wanted to do was just manipulate the top of their deck. But they manipulated their top of the deck in very very different ways. Yes. Now I'm, they, they, I'm not coming to the defensive top here. If for if once. we're looking. My, my my whole thing here is that we're, we're, we look at these cards of old in the context where they were too good because they never had any tension up against them because the stuff that could have tension against them were already on the ban list. And then same thing for cards now. If if Treasure Cruise and Merktide exist at the same time, don't get me wrong. I think Treasure Cruise is obviously better. But like, does everybody agree with that? I don't know. Maybe somebody's like, okay, well, you're drawing your three cards. I'm going to put this 8-8 into play and kick you in the face. Like, I'm saying that, like, whether or not everybody just plays Treasure Cruise instead of Murktide, I'm yeah. saying that there's not even the choice. No, no, you you're, right. We, you're we, right. we can't even have the the argument of which one's better because they don't exist at the same time. There's you know no argument for which Phil? is the best option for the thing. You know what would be interesting you know, is, is doing a, you know, they did no ban list modern tournament, and it was miserable. Let me tell you, that was, like, the worst thing ever. But it would be interesting for a major uh, tournament series like you know buffalo chicken dip or something to be like we're gonna do one no ban list legacy tournament now obviously power would be off the off the list things that were legitimately banned come back uh, come back onto the list for like this one tournament i'd be interested to see what choices people make i'm i don't know how you actually test for those things in a way that could well that, could that was the problem with the, the modern tournament is that there was no good way to test and it turned out the people who won just played Eldrazi because the broken deck at the time. 
I just want to reiterate that the, the point that I'm making is the context with, when, with which these cards exist in and how all of the context of the tension between those cards affects each of those cards. Let's yeah. say treasure, if, if, if Treasure Cruise came off the ban list, obviously it's too good, but if it came off the ban list, okay, well, now I have to make a choice. Am I playing Merktide and Treasure Cruise? Am I playing some combination of both numbers? Bowmaster exists now. Do I want to be playing Treasure Cruise in the Bowmaster format? If uh, Deathrite Shaman comes off, well, now Deathrite Shaman is checking both of those Delve spells. Maybe yeah. I want to move less away from them and more towards something that doesn't work in the graveyard or play my own. Oh, if, if and now uh, are you playing four? If, like, are you playing twelve one drops in your if, Delver deck? If if Dreadhorde Arcanus <laughs> comes off, Dreadhorde Arcanus is a one three that also uses the graveyard. If Deathrite Shaman checks that, but now do I want to play playing Dreadhorde Arcanus and my Dell spells? Well, if I'm playing all these w- one twos and one threes, Bowmaster maybe isn't so good. But people are playing Treasure Cruise, so maybe I do want some number of Bowmasters. All of this in context, on top of like, oh, but Beanstalk is also really good. So maybe like, is Beanstalk plus Treasure Cruise? Is that just like Turbo Drive? But then like, am I filling my deck with way too much fluff? Like, do I need more interaction? Where does that end? And now we're making choices on like numbers yeah. on actually lining stuff up as opposed to the format just being I'll beanstalk you'll beanstalk or I'll bowmaster and then you'll bowmaster my bowmaster and I'll bowmaster your bowmaster or we'll both just try and murktide each other to the larger murktide and you, you know what I'm saying like the, the format as it stands right now I think is exceptionally boring point of fact to to people like you and me who don't play the standard pillar of the format decks for the most part Phil that shit's boring it, it doesn't offer anything to somebody like me who's playing Infect or you who's playing Miracles those cards get banned because they're good in the best decks we don't get the opportunity for that kind of format diversity because of how cards on the ban list and how they might affect contextually with cards that exist now as well and how they might not be as powerful as they once were for example what you were talking yes I like to play Miracles and I would prefer not to play Leyland Binding if I don't have to because I don't don't want to stress my mana base that way. I'm a Mystic Sanctuary gamer. I would much rather play Prismatic Ending at, instead of Leyline Binding. Now, Leyline Binding has a, a lot of advantages to it. It's, it's instant speed. It can hit the one ring and usually it's going to trade up. It does work in conjunction with Beanstalk. But when I play Beanstalk, I am handicapping myself if I don't also play Leyline Binding. Yeah, Because ridiculous. Leyline Binding is so subsidized by the card's existence. Yeah. If you play anything with Urza Saga, well, you kind of have to play the Shadow Spear. You kind of have to play the Mox Opal to like fix the color after the fact, which incentivizes a certain amount of density of artifacts beyond, beyond the pale, unless you're playing something that's like very obviously underpowered by comparison. If expressive iteration existed in the same format as Beanstalk, well, now you're going, Oh man, do I want to play expressive with prismatic ending? And then that's good against certain things like, Prismatic Ending is way worse against Bowmasters, but Expressive, which works better with Prismatic Ending than Leyline Binding, maybe better, but then maybe I can play Four Color and play Expressive with Leyline Binding because I care about the removal, but then do I want to just be on the raw card draw, but the card draw, I'm going to get punished by Bowmaster, and I'm, I want to be less green than I want to be red, so like now I'm making these choices, and it just becomes so much more intellectually stimulating to figure out what choices to make in your deck building, whereas right now it's like, well, Beanstalk's the best thing to do. And the best thing with Beanstalk to removal-wise is Leyline Binding, so I, I gotta think, be bad. I think you just made a great point there, Phil, is it is it is more stimulating to the individual for deck-building purposes. It is, overall, to me, less stimulating to be offered extre- all these extremely, even more powerful versions of cards and be like, well, which one do you think is the best? 
and then have to play against those cards. <laughs> I wish we could live in a world where you could get a taste because if if we if we are if we're scientists in the lab and we have the hypothesis that if stuff came off to actually apply tension against the other cards that are just as powerful if not more powerful and actually run the gambit, my hypothesis would be that the format would be more fun and more diverse because there is a a even though the power level at a baseline is higher, it's flatter. And yeah. I think that that would be more interesting of a format than what we have now where there's clearly a t- tier of cards well above everything else in the format and it, those are the pillars of the format everything else feels like chafe being subsidized by those pillars and there isn't actually any decisions to be making beyond like the the the, the 58th and 59th card or whatever like okay yeah we're gonna play three triumph or two triumph we're playing three merc tide or four merc tide but you know you're playing those cards with beanstalk there's no there's no alternative there's no other choice okay i'm, I'm playing Bowmaster because i'm in black i guess maybe i'll play a thought caesar two in my grixis delver deck or maybe i'll play the stifle maybe you know oh like those are not as interesting of choices as actual like Okay, instead of us running into a 90% mirror every single game, we're my Bowmaster and your Bowmaster, and we're just playing Bowmasters back and forth at each other. Yeah. Oh, actually, I'm going to play this Dread Articanist against your Bowmaster. Fuck you. Figure it out. Right? Yeah. Like, okay, do you want to check the graveyard in some meaningful way? Like, to deal with my Murktide as well? Like, who knows? Am I even, am I even doing that stuff if we have options? Right? Am I playing some variation? If, if, am I, if I'm playing two Bowmaster, two Dread Articanist, and you're thinking, like, how, do, how am I supposed to parry my tools, my, my removal suite? against these these different things and how to actually line those tools up in a game, I think that's going to lead to way more diverse and like replayable experiences than when you just sit down and go Bowmaster first. Okay, Bowmaster, you're Bowmaster, Bowmaster, you're Bowmaster. Well, that's, I think, that's my hypothesis. Yeah. My hypothesis yeah, yeah. is that... that think, it's, it's more a thesis to me, actually. And I was going to say, uh, with that as your thesis, I think, uh, you know, this being the first episode of the new year, we have a lot in store... <laughs> <laughs> for everybody th- this coming year obviously the takes are hot right now so uh you I don't know. Even know if the take is the take even all that hot i'm just thinking it's, it's that, not like, that it's hot it's 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 impassioned i want <laughs> us as a community to think just a little bit deeper into these play patterns yeah. as opposed to only what we remember of getting buried by cards because in the in the the assessment of something like okay if dread order canist and bowmaster existed at the same time and it's like okay well bowmaster can't tag the dread order canist but if dread order canist doesn't have like a bolt to deal with the bowmaster, but it has a cantrip. And okay, I'll attack, but I can't cast the cantrip because then I'll blow up your army. And then your army blocks my Dreadlord Arcanist, and that's bad. So maybe I don't even swing. But now my Dreadlord Arcanist is holding back both of your one ones, and that's so- interesting. And now there's tension. Like you know what I'm saying? Like we're not thinking at that. We're not thinking like, oh, what if the Ar- Arcanist attacks into it? Phil- and then what does that look like? We're not thinking about that. Phil, have you ever watched Jerry Springer? Who's the father? No, yeah, no, no, that's, that's, I think that's Geraldo. Uh, no, idea. Jerry Springer is the one where, uh, so this is, this is the smallest side. So that's the one where everyone fights on, on stage. Like you're guaranteed right. like a fight at the end, uh, on Jerry Springer. But there's always that moment at the end where he, he like sits down, he brings it back and he's just like, Hey, you know, take care of each other, blah, blah, you know, like peace and stuff. And I was in the middle of that when you came in with a, with a chair and just started beating the living <laughs> <laughs> By God, right, another By guy God. right in front of it's, me. You're like, I tell for secrets. It's force of field with the steel chair. Uh, my... yeah. yeah, the plan was to end there. Um, but no, you're right. You're right. I think the thesis you set forth is, is correct. And I think that, like I said, we've got the ba- the unbanned episode coming up. And that's going to be a- an interesting point. I think there's going to be a lot of passion there. You know what else the, floor, the community needs? More of us. And, and what we need from the community is more funding. 
So if you can go to patreon.com slash eternal dirtles, that's my shameless plug for the day. And I think uh, I think we can end it there. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Yeah, I, I feel like I don't know what I'm even talking about. <laughs> Have a good one, everyone. Man, Fossil Phil, you ain't know what the fuck you talking about, bro. You ain't no blue mage. Hey, like I ain't spin since, since divine top. Like I ain't trying to set up a miracle seven minute time walk. Trapping and casting the kind of magic that's slapping all of the magic you're stacking. That's like in the back end of cabin back. You're flashing them back. You're saddened by my lack of compassion. What you're slacking, I'm snacking. Like I ain't the best to play this game. Force and negation targets your past in flames. Like I ain't been to infinite convention centers where the magic with a hashtag conveniently ain't the same. Like I ain't frightening, never through lightning. Like I ain't lost money trying to buy out brightling. Like I ain't a fixture, think a big picture. Shuffle back my graveyard, drink an elixir. You know I'm sculpting your mind, we'll go into time easy. Rather than time, the stack is all mine. Sleazy. Heart in the veil, force and dispel. Always shuffle. And ponders and asked if you would like to reveal Seriously? Like I never got choked Never got cataclysm to crater hoof Like I never ever stared at a devil or a chalice or shepherd And planned out every way that I could kill myself So pray tell, what if what's never happened? How much more time in life would I spend being happy? Would it be a travesty to never see the epiphany Of seeing a miracle of guns or drugs getting splattered? Like I ain't smart, like I ain't hard Like I ain't sweeping the border drawing three cards Like I ain't chic, like I ain't slick Like I ain't properly stacking these predicts Like I ain't mole, like I ain't keep Like my sorceries ain't an instant Speed. Like I ain't smooth, like I ain't cool, like I ain't a treat the angels, what it do, what it, what it, what it. Trying to come at me, tell me I ain't no boy. I'm a terminus the shit out your board, bro. Terminus the shit out your board. I don't know, ma'am. I think the format sucks. The pillars themselves are just so outstandingly and far and away better than everything else. I, I feel like every take I ever have is wrong. Every uh, time we try and talk theory, I come up with a theory thing that I think, and then nobody agrees. I'm just trying to live in 2017. Legacy like your grandfather played. <laughs> <laughs>